Lord, we just praise you for that right now. That you break every chain in our lives. You break every chain of fear, every chain of intimidation, every chain, Lord God, that the enemy would try to perpetrate upon the people. Now I just declare in Jesus' name that, Lord, everything going on in the world right now looks like chaos. The enemy's putting forth a plan that says everything's going down. But I declare this morning, Lord God, that we're going up. We're not going down because we are the head and not the tail. We're always above and not beneath. I declare today that what the enemy has purposed to destroy this country is going to be the greatest revival ever been about. I declare, Lord, people are going to rise up in the north, the south, the east, and the west, and they're going to begin to praise you. They're going to begin to see that the, the antidote for the coronavirus is Jesus. They're going to see that the antidote or the answer, the solution for our economy is Jesus. And Lord, I declare that they're going to praise you. They're going to worship you. And we as your children are going to stand strong in the face of adversity and say, no, our God reigns. Our God reigns. That Jesus is Lord and nothing will stop the Word of God. So Lord, we praise you for that and we thank you for it today. And I turn around there and look at somebody and say, man, God is so good to me. He is so good to me. Come on, reach over there and give them a high five. If you're out there in the parking lot, give me a honk, man. Let me know you're alive. Oh, I like it. I got honks. Praise God. That's y'all's amen cue out there. So these are, these are kind of crazy times we've got. And so we're here this morning in the church. Uh, as praise and worship has been going on, I've been walking up and down the aisles of the, of the, the, the chairs and seeing all of your faces in my mind and praying for you this morning. I know we've got people out there listening to the live stream feed. We have people out in the parking lot. If you're out in the parking lot, give me a honk again. Oh, yeah, I like to hear that sound. Praise God. It lets me know that, that we're alive. So y'all can just keep your hand on the heart. And every time I come up with something good here as so I'm preaching, give me a honk. Let me know I got somebody listening to me. But praise the Lord. That's, this is, is just been really interesting. But I want to tell you something. I want to encourage you this morning. A few things before I get going here and, and preaching the word to you. First of all, now's the time that, you know, the, the plan that, that we've been putting out, which this week's plan is, is 1 Peter 1, and that's the plan for this week. Read it. There's good things in there. Sit down with your family. Read the plan. Go over it with them. And you've got to have church in your own house. But just begin to... Study, begin to look, begin to draw into God, and you just watch what God's going to do for you. So we got the plan this week. And then people, you guys are so amazing. This is such an amazing church. Y'all are so amazing. You know, your, your text messages, first thing this morning is going out where people are asking me, you know, how, do I, how am I going to give my tithe? How am I going to give my offering? And I just praise God, y'all are a church that chases me down to give the offering. You know, today, uh, for those of you that are out in the parking lot, we're going to have the the security team's out there, and they're going to have the offering buckets, and they can come around to your car and pick up your offerings like that. 
For those of you listening to the broadcast that are off, you know, you can go and you can uh, go either on the app or the website and you can give electronically or you can just mail it into the church, whatever you want to do. But I just want to encourage you that, you know, God sees your faithfulness. He sees what's going on. And like I said a while ago, we're not going down, church. We're going up. There ain't anything going to stop us. We're going to, man, we're going to see great things happen. I'm just believing God for miracles in the midst of all of this. But, you know, it's a little different. And sometimes we don't like change. We don't like things being different. I don't really like sitting here looking at just a few people sitting here in church from the praise and worship team. But bless God, I'm glad there's somebody here. But I just know that, that, that through everything taking place right now, God wants to move in our lives. He wants to bring things about. He wants to make things happen. He wants to, 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 to enlarge us and encourage us and strengthen us. He wants to, to speak to you. He wants to be, be real to you, have a revelation. And so um, draw close to God. Don't get scared. Don't get in fear. Now's the day that we to reach out to our neighbors. Now's the day, hey, to share that roll of toilet paper, you know? I mean, that doesn't sound like much, but bless God, I mean, it seems to be a desperate thing, everybody looking for toilet paper. And so, you know, now's the time to reach out and call your neighbors around you to be a blessing to them, uh, to be a Christian, to be the person who is, uh, you know, looking for that opportunity that God has in front of them to uh, minister to people, because that's what it's all about. A lot of times the church, we always draw in, we try to go inside of us and we look inwardly to say, you know, what, Jesus, what can you do for me? But the truth is, now is the day that we need to be reaching out. We need to be the church that's alive and well, that the Lord Jesus Christ within us is, is alive and well and, and blessing and talking and teaching and doing everything he possibly can to other people. So praise the Lord for that. So anyway, uh, I want to share something with you this morning. So get your Bibles out. Y'all in the parking lot can give me a honk. All right, praise the Lord. And go, if you would, to Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. Jeremiah 9, 23. Now, the other thing I want to remind everybody out there that's going to be watching this podcast later on. Now, we're going to be going live for the next few weeks. And uh, until, this, uh, until this virus settles down and we get back to normal church, we're going to be going live, and so you can go to the Waterhole phone app. Just go into your app store. You can get the Waterhole app, or you can go to the waterhole.net and get in with on our website, and then it'll, we've got directions all there to show you what to do. But um, you can stay connected, and it's important we stay connected. It's important you tell other people to stay connected. So if you know a friend that's hurting and they're not going to church, well, they're not going to church because we can't gather in church, but... They don't have any, any source, any good word going to them. Well, we'll share this, the, the water hole with them or let them know that they can get to the phone app or you know, give them some directions and help people out and uh, get some good word going in their lives. But anyway, this morning, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23, it says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. Now here we got a scripture, the prophet Jeremiah is saying, 
God is saying, look, you know, it doesn't make any difference what's going to happen. The virus comes to the rich, the poor, you know, living in this place or living in that place. It doesn't make any difference. There's nothing that can stop your status stopping the flow of this virus. But God says the most important thing you could ever know, the most important thing that we can have in our heart and our lives is that we know him, have a relationship with him, that we know God. You know, folks, in this time right now that we're in, across the world, there's panic and people have to know God. They have to come to this deal to say, is God real? There's so much out there in the world that's wrong, folks. There's so much, so many lies, so many misconceptions, so many bad doctrines about Father God. I heard, I've heard everything in the world. I don't even want to talk about it, some of the things. Blaming all this on God. But let me tell you something. God's not behind this virus. God's not trying to kill people. God wants to bless people. And if you'd read your Bible and you'd come to know what the Word of God says, you'll see right off the bat that He's a God who has exercises loving kindness. He's a God that wants to bless you. He was a God that wants to touch you. He's a God that wants to reach into your life. But you know, we ourselves, we got to take and stand up and do something about it. We have to learn. We have to invite him into our lives. In John 17, 3, Jesus says that this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God. So Jesus put it this way. He says, if you really want life, if you really want to know what life is about, well, if you're going to know life, you're going to find out who God is. And when you know who God is, life, life starts coming into you. Not just, not just you know, like, woohoo kind of life. We're talking about Zoe life, the life of God that comes into us and heals us. You know, over the years, I've read a lot of books. And there was a great apostle named John G. Lake. He was a man of God who went into Africa in the 40s, 1940s, and started many churches and just had major revival over there. And in that day, there was literally the bluebonnet plague was going across that part of Africa, and people were dying everywhere. And villages were being just completely eradicated. And John Lake, being the man of God that he was and the man of faith that he was, he would go into those villages and try to encourage everybody's faith. And, and one day, there were some doctors there, and they were telling him that he needed to leave. And so he told them to set their microscopes up and to get the live virus, the live bluebonnet plague virus, and, and, and put it on his hand. And they said, man, you can't do that. If you do that, you know, if you do that, it, it's going to kill you. And he said, I'm telling you, do it. And so they, they, they did it. He had his hand under the microscope, and he began to pray. And he began to pray and he began to pray. And they watched as the virus literally died in the man's hand. You see, I'm telling you, evil, things that are sick. I love the honks. Come on, honks. Uh, uh, they, they literally cannot live in the presence of God. So, folks, now is the time to know God, to get the, the presence of God in your home, to go home even today as this, this is our Sunday and worship and, and, and walk around your house and anoint your oil, your, your house with oil. Pray over your house. Pray over everything out there. Pray over the dog. Pray over the cat. Pray over everything that moves, man. Just be a person of prayer walking around your house making the declaration that Jesus is Lord, that the power and presence of God is there. And so you're going to see things happen. You're going to see things change. Now, I want to give you another scripture here. Psalm 63, 1. 
Psalm 63.1. It says, Oh God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus will I bless you. I will live. You and, and you, let me mess up. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up your hands in my name. You know, the second part of this is that in seeking God, you're not going to seek God unless you believe that he is the answer and you're hungry for him. You know, right now the world's looking for everything else to be a cure for everything going on. But I'm telling you right now, you need to get hungry for God. You need to get hungry down in your spirit for God. You need to get hungry and begin to say, God, I want you in my life. You need to be inviting him at all times and asking him to come into your life. And I want to tell you something. As you begin to develop your hunger and you begin to stir yourself, your hunger is going to rise and you're going to get, you're going to, get to that place where you're going to be hungry. And I don't know about y'all, but when I get hungry for something, I don't care what it is. I'm seeking it out. I'm trying to find it. Or I'm trying to find what will fill that desire. So when you start to get hungry for God, you're going to start seeking things out. You're going to start worshiping. You're going to start reading. You're going to start you know, praying. You're going to start doing whatever because you're hungry for him. So last week, I was down in Alamo, Texas, preaching at, at the church at Bethany down there. And uh, and I was praying about the message and, and praying what to do, and I, I read uh, a, a chapter in the book of Ezekiel, which I want to go to right now, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. And I, I began to try to share a little of this with the church down there, and I wanted it to come back. I wanted to get back here and preach this because huh, I see something in here that just excites me, church. I see something in here that just excites me. It's a story of... of that we call the story of the dry bones, Ezekiel and the dry bones. And uh, as I began to read through this, I began to see it like I'd never seen it before. It began to really speak to my heart. And so I want to read it here, starting in verse 1. It says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. So now, get this picture. Get this picture right here. Ezekiel's looking over a valley, not just a, not just a little plot, but a whole valley. And the whole valley is full of the bones of slain people. So if you can imagine how you know, horrible of a scene this must have been. But it says that they're all dry bones. There's no flesh on them. They're, not, they're, they're dry. And uh, he's looking over all these bones. And so the Lord said to him, Son of man, can these bones live? So he answered, O Lord God, you know. And again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, God, to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will put sinew on you and, and bring flesh upon you, 
and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling of the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered over them, but there was no breath in them. Now, folks, that's got to be a crazy sight. Here's a whole valley full of dead people, bones scattered all over the place. And then all of a sudden, they begin to rattle. They begin to shake. They just begin to, to make all this noise, and they begin to just, I mean, how else are they going to do They're sliding upon the ground, I guess. You know, I don't know. And I guess, you know, that's the power of God. He got everybody's bone, the right bone on the right person. But he, you know, uh, he got that thing in there, got them all together. They rattled together. They came together. There they were. Then all of a sudden, the, all the, 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 the muscle went on them, and then all the flesh went on them. And so they're laying there, but they're just, they're, they're dead. They still not, don't have any real amazing life in them. They're just laying there as completely put back together human beings. All right? And so then it happens, he says. So also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded to me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood up on their feet, an exceeding great army. Yeah, come on. Yeah, so just imagine this. Just imagine this, that, that here they are. All these bones come together, and they're laying there, but there's no breath in them. Now, the thing I want you to notice, first of all, is that God's word was making this happen. You hear what I'm saying? He prophesied God's word made dry bones come about. So in your life, I don't know how it happened in your life, but in your life, somehow you met Jesus and you came together, all your brokenness, all your bones that were scattered out, they came together and God put you back together as a person. First step in your life in salvation. You weren't minus anything. When you came, see, you got to look at it this way. When you got saved and you gave your life to Jesus, whether you realized it or not, God put you back together complete, whole. He made you whole. Just like those bones, just like those bones all came together, made you whole, all right? He took your, your craziness and all that kind of stuff. Now, you still may be kind of crazy, but, you know, God's still working on that. But anyway, he put you all back together. The first step had to be salvation. Now, you know, I know that a lot of people out there today are in the world and they don't know Jesus. And so because they don't know Jesus, they don't have a relationship with Jesus. They don't, they don't, they're, not, they're not put back together. They're just full of fear. They're just full of fear. They're wringing their hands. They're saying, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? What's going to take place? What's coming on the world? The world's going to crash. You know, I, I, I really believe that we need to be updated on what our governor tells us to do. But I want to tell you something, some of the, one of some of the best advice you can take today is quit reading the news. Because I'm telling you, there's some stuff out there. It is, it, it is doom and gloom. It doesn't know. It's speculation. It doesn't know what's going on. 
It doesn't see it. It, it doesn't have any true evidence to it. But I'm just telling you, you need to be wise. You need to be smart. But at the same time, you need the truth of the word of God in your life. You need truth from his word that God is for you and not against you. But when you, when you have people that don't know what God's doing, they don't know, they're not saved, their bones are not put together, their bones are, are not back in there, well, then you're just full of fear. And so everyone out there listening, everyone out there right now that you're watching this broadcast, listen to me, ask yourself in your heart right now, do you, do you know Jesus? Because if you don't know Jesus, that's where you need to start. Because nothing's going to make any sense to you. Nothing's going to help you right now. You need to stop and you need to say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe you are the Son of God. I ask you today to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my life to save me, to redeem me. And right there, the power of God will come into your room, come into your car, come into wherever you are, and the Spirit of God will touch you if you mean that from your heart. So now you're those bones that get put back together. You're those bones that get all assembled and, and, and right back together, okay? Now, the second part of this, the second part of this, he said, now prophesy to the breath. Now, the breath is, in that word is ruah. It's the breath of God. It's the same breath that he breathed into Adam and he became a living soul. It's the, it's the breath of God that brings and just, just, just so... Uh, um, brings life into everything because it's God. Now, when he did that and breathed onto those living beings, now all of a sudden they popped up. And now they became an exceeding great army. Well, you know, an exceeding great army, it's funny that that word's used, army, because he could have just said an exceeding great number of people. Okay. He could have just said it's an exceeding great number of people, but he didn't. He said it's an army because an army gets something done. And what I'm believing for right now is the second part of this message, that God right now is going to get people connected with the power of his Holy Spirit. Because, see, a lot of people have been Christians. They've been just like the, the dry bones that came together and they've been laying there. But they've not had the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. A lot of Christians have just been going to church and coming in and filling the pews and, and uh, hearing this worship and worshiping and praying and doing these things. But now's the time that we need an army. We need an army to rise up. And the only way that army can rise up is that army has to be empowered with the Spirit of God, it has to be empowered with, with the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that. I want to talk to you out there. If you're out there today and you're listening and you, you say, well, I, I, I believe that I've done the first part, but I'm not sure about the second part. I'm not sure about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Well, listen, when your bones came together, all of us had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But I'm talking about this morning, the outflowing of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit's when you got saved, but I'm talking about the outflowing of the Holy Spirit, going out into this world to have an answer for people, to see people healed, to see people blessed, to see God using you as signs, wonders, and miracles. In John 14, 15, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. 
And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but I'll come to you. Now look what Jesus, look at these loving words he said here. First of all, he didn't want to leave us alone. He didn't want to leave us separated. He didn't want to leave us with him going to heaven and us staying here on earth without somebody here with us, is what he's saying. And that somebody here with us, the helper, is the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another one. Luke 24, 46 through 49. Jesus is speaking to his uh, disciples. And he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it is necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witness of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. That word power is the word deutimus. It's the word we get dynamite from. Not just not just a power to endure, not just the power to, sus- to sustain problems, but the power to be explosive in the middle of it. You know, church, wouldn't it just be awesome right now that we see, you know, the people are fearful, we see the coronavirus taking place, they say this, that, and the other, but wouldn't it just be amazing that literally the Christians in church begin to explode and we see this virus just come to an end? That people say, hey, God did it. God made it happen. God brought this all about. He's made everything happen and take place. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that just be great? I mean, come on. That is just the greatest thing on the face of the earth. Well, let me tell you, God wants to do it. I'm telling you this morning, he wants to do it. But we have to learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. We have to learn to have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. You have to learn to to pray for people, to speak over people, to talk to people, to let the Holy Spirit use us as vessels of His Spirit to this world. So let's look at this. Let's grab hold of this for a minute. Another scripture, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts 1, 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's the same word, deutimus. Power is going to come upon you. Listen, you cannot come in contact with the, with the Holy Spirit and get the, get the Holy Spirit flowing through you that it's not powerful. There's no wimpy Holy Spirit. There's no, there's no weak Holy Spirit. There's no Holy Spirit that, oh, my gosh, is going to get overcome. Listen to me this morning, folks. God is not sitting on the throne wringing his hands about the coronavirus going around the world. Yeah. Amen. Got some honks. I'm telling you, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not up there saying, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? No, God has got it figured out. God's got a plan. But it's up to us to let the Holy Spirit flow through us to everybody that's out there. You see, I I said this and we're going to practice this at the end of service today. I said we should start what I'm going to call a window ministry. And the window ministry is simply this. If we're not supposed to come in contact with other people that are sick or we're not supposed to, you know, uh, touch anybody, well, why couldn't we walk up to the sick person's house, put our hand on their window, and believe God for the power of God to go through that windshield or go through that window and heal them and touch everybody? Amen? 
So we're going to practice that here and today. I'm, I'm going to, at the end of service, I'm going to, I don't know how we're going to do it because, see, I'm in new ground here. I've never done these kind of things before. But somehow or another, I want everybody that's in the parking lot, everybody's got their vehicle here, we're going to file out somehow and I'm going to lay hands on your windshield. And I'm going to believe God to just, you're just imparted and empowered today. So, you know, ain't nothing going to stop us. A little bit of glass ain't going to make no difference. God's going to get his will done. Amen? Okay. So let's look at this. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. The day that the power of the Holy Spirit fell on earth. The day that there was, you know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the, the Holy Spirit shows up on earth. And let's look and see what happens. It says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there was all one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, you know, I know that, you know, you may have had a bad experience with, with Pentecostal people. You may have been afraid of speaking in tongues. But the way I always looked at this is simply like this. You know, God finally got people to shut up and say what he wanted them to say. I mean, you know. Everybody's always saying the wrong thing. And so the power of the Holy Spirit said, man, I'm going to shut everybody up, give them a new tongue. They don't even know what they're going to do. Maybe they can't mess this up. But anyway, the Holy Spirit comes upon the people. And what I want you to see here in this scripture is that the people change and they have a reaction in their lives that immediately amazed people. Immediately people saw them and said, man, what is going on? I hear these people Speaking the wonderful works of God. When the Holy Spirit shows up, things change, folks. When the Holy Spirit shows up, the power of God is released and things change. Now, Peter, he stands up at this moment and he's trying to bring some order to the church of what happened. He's trying to tell everybody what, what is taking place. So he goes to the Word. Word always works. He goes to second P, I mean, Acts, in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, Peter says, standing up at the eleven, he raises his voice, says, Men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and take heed my word. For these are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it is uh, but the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of of the prophet Joel. So now he's saying this is what Joel prophesied. Peter is saying this is what happened. And it'll come to pass in the last day that I will... Pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, your old men shall be dreams. And on your men's servants and on your maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall all prophesy. So here Peter confirms what's taking place in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost was, was what Joel prophesied, okay? So I, I'm going to go with that. I mean, I just think that Peter's probably got more sense than, than any theologians today. He was there. He was with Jesus. He says, this is what's taking place. Well, then, wait, God all of a sudden changed something. You see, God all of a sudden, he knew that because we were saved and Jesus was on the inside of us, we needed help. So he said, I'm going to send the power of my spirit upon you. He had always prophesied it in the Old Testament. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit upon you. Then all of a sudden, boom, there it happens. Peter says, this is it. Let me show you another verse. Acts chapter 8, verse 12. It says, but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed and he was baptized and continued with Philip 
and was amazed to see the miracles and signs and wonders that done. Okay, the Holy Spirit falls in Jerusalem. Everyone gets scattered out. Philip goes over to Samaria. He starts to preach as he's out there preaching. People are being saved. It says right there they were being baptized. He's, he's following Ezekiel 37, dry bones, first step. The rattling bones are coming together. The people are coming together. The people are getting saved. He's got it done. But then verse 14 says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down and prayed for them, they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, wait a minute. Why, if you received everything when you got saved, was the, were they sending the apostles down to go talk to the believers and lay hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit? Why would there have been a subsequent experience? Well, because, like I said a while ago, there's an inflow of the Holy Spirit, but they're, God's trying to get them into the outflow of the Holy Spirit. He's trying to get them out of there. So the apostles go down and start laying hands on them. They begin to receive the Holy Spirit because it says he had not yet fallen upon any of them. And they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Folks, listen to me. Right now, I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to get across to everybody out there in the world. The only way we're going to overcome the obstacles in our life is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way that you can have that in your life is you have to ask. You have to ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to come in your life. You have to start looking at right now what the Word says and that there is a subsequent baptism compared to just being saved. There's something else coming. There's something else coming upon the people. And unless you ask for it and look for it, and if you're just sitting as a Christian saying, oh, God, please do something, you're doing it wrong. You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let me give you another one here. Acts chapter 10. Thank you for the honks. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. Cornelius. There was a certain man of Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion that was called in the Italian regiment, a devout man who feared God with all of his household and gave alms generously to the people who prayed to God always about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel coming to him and saying, Cornelius. And so Cornelius, uh, uh, he said, what is it, Lord? And he said, and your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God. Send men to Joppa and pray for Simon, whose name is Peter. And he's lodging there and he's going to come to you. And he's going to speak the words of this life. Now, here's Cornelius. He sends him out. Peter goes to the house of Cornelius. I don't want to read all this just for time's sake. But he goes to the house of Cornelius. Cornelius has invited all of his friends and they've all come in. They've all gathered together. Peter begins to tell them about Jesus. He's telling them about Jesus. And it says in verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on them and they heard the word. Those of the circumcision believed and were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also because they heard them speaking with other tongues. Okay. So they're sitting here, Peter's preaching Jesus to them, and then all of a sudden, boom, the Holy Spirit falls on them. Everybody starts speaking in tongues. He's looking at them out there. They don't know what to do because this is not that wasn't what they were expecting. You see, God's got things he wants to do that's unexpected. He wants to do things that are unexpected in people's lives because it goes on into what John 14, 12, Jesus' word says that we have greater works to do than him. How could Jesus say that we have greater works to do than him when he did such amazing work? 
But he can, we can do that because of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So, amen. Love the honks. Love the honks. All right. So these are the things we've got to do. I've got three things here for us we've got to do. The first one is, is we've got to get hungry. Church, listen to me. If you have a person who has been starved, and they've been, you know, concentration camp, and they've been starved, you cannot just go get them a big steak and give it to them and let them eat it. They have to start out eating a little bit at a time. Listen to me. If you say, well, I'm not really hungry for God. I don't really want to read the Bible. I don't really want to feel like praying. I don't really want to do this. Well, listen to me. You need to start feeding yourself a little bit of God's Word every day because the more you eat, then the hungrier you will get. All right? That's the only way to do it. The Bible, the Word of God, is your food for your spirit. And if your spirit man is beat down, if your spirit man is full of doubts and unbelief, if your spirit man is shriveled up right now because it hasn't been being fed, you've got to feed it a little bit to get going. That's why we have the plan. That's why we have our confession cards. That's why we have scriptures out there. That's why we've got everything on. If you go to the, the, the Waterhole app and you look at it, we've got everything that you could possibly imagine there to stir you to become hungry for God. Because if you're not hungry, you're not going to be seeking God. The people that are in the parking lots this morning out there, you're, you're showing you're hungry for God or you're just a crazy radical that just had to come honk his horn in the parking lot because you don't get to do that. I mean, I don't know. See, there's a lot of honk honks there. You know, but I, I, I granted that we are radicals and we just really like to, you know, do that. But I'm telling you, you got to be hungry. It's like the testimony I heard of the person that got to watching the, 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 the broadcast went on the YouTube live and was watching it, and he listened to a whole year's sermons in five weeks. Now, that, that is amazing. You have to just, that is a ton of information to take in. That's almost a constant listening to get caught up because he wanted to be caught up in the year. Well, listen, that guy's hungry because you got to be hungry to do something like that. We've got to stir our hunger. Listen, quit listening to fear. Quit feeding yourself fear. Quit listening to the, the, to the doubts and unbeliefs of fear. Feed yourself faith and watch how God will grow in your life. The second one is it's going to be really hard for you. You're not going to like this one because, <clears throat> well, you're just not going to like it. Second one is, is you have to stop thinking and trying to figure it all out. I, I know that's a mouthful. You've got to stop thinking and trying to figure it all out. I do not know what God's plan is in this time. I'm telling you right now. I don't know what, how this is all going to work out. I can't tell you how, how tomorrow's going to be. Tomorrow's going to be. I can only tell you this. God's promises are faithful, and he's true to his promises. His promises are yes and amen to all those who believe. I know that God's promises are never going to fail because that's what his word says. So all I can tell you is I'm going to walk through this fire and come out on the other end and I'm not going to smell like smoke. Amen. Amen. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know what's going to take place. I don't know how, you know, what, what, what it's going to entail. But I'm just telling you, that's where my faith is. 
But if you start trying to figure it all out, oh, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, oh my gosh, we've got to do this, we've got to do that, oh, we've got to do this, we've got to get that, oh, we need this, we need that. Well, then you're going to drive yourself mad. And you need to stop thinking, you need to stop trying to figure it all out, and you need to learn to be still before God. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You know, one of the things that, you know, the devil always tries to uh, steal, take away, uh, have a false truth to whatever God's real truth is. You know, uh, worship, the music. I believe it was created for us to worship our God, but then we get off into other music that, that takes us away from the things of God. One of the things that I believe that also has been stolen is meditation. You know, you've got all different religions have meditation, and uh, you've got, you know, yoga, and you've got, you know, all these other different kinds of meditation, whatever. But I want to tell you something. The thing that they, the truth, the element of truth that they have all, all have in them is to be still and quit thinking. Now listen to me. If you would stop and you would just sit down and you would just close your eyes and you would just stop thinking about work, stop thinking about what you need to do, stop thinking about all the things going on there and just stop and just begin to worship God. Just begin to just say in your mind and out of your lips, just say, Jesus, I love you. I love you. You mean everything to me. You're so important to me. You just begin to talk to him like that and be still. In a minute, your mind will quit talking. It'll, it'll quit hammering you with all these craziness coming on out here. And you just keep doing that. You just keep worshiping. You just keep talking to the Lord and be still. And then you know what? In a minute, you're going to come in contact with the Spirit of the living God. And he's going to begin to talk to you. He's going to begin to speak to you. Amen? But if you're never still, if you don't ever quit talking, your mind never shuts up, well, then you know what's going to happen is all you're going to do is be plagued with those thoughts, plagued with the doubt and unbelief, plagued with all the decisions you're trying to make, and then you're going to start making wrong ones. That's what's going to happen. You're going to make wrong decisions because you're pressured. You're going to make wrong decisions because you are, are, are making them uh, out of fear, not out of faith. And as you make those wrong decisions, they're going to come back to bite you, okay? And then the third thing. Third thing is the last point. It says in Luke chapter 11, verse 19. Luke, uh, excuse me, Luke 11, 9. Luke 11, 9 through 13. It says, so I said unto you, ask. This is Jesus speaking. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from, from any father, would he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? It's pretty simple. 
will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. The third thing is simply this. You've got to ask. But you've got to ask in faith, giving place to the Holy Spirit in your life and in your heart. If you don't ask, God is not going to force something upon you. If you don't ask, God's not going to make something happen to you. But as you're hungry and you ask, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And he will indwell you. And he will give you the power you need to walk in victory. The power you need to hear him. The power you need you know, for every little thing in life. The other day, I'm always amazed at how good the Holy Spirit is. The other day, I, uh, there was something I was looking for and I could not find it. And I know we all have these stories. And I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, finally I gave up, I looked everywhere. First, I looked everywhere. I went and I looked everywhere. I tore everything up. I looked everywhere. I could not find it. And I knew I had it somewhere, but I couldn't find it. And so finally, then day two, I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, Holy Spirit, where is this thing? I know I got it. Where is it? And I didn't hear anything right off the bat. And I just kept going through the day. And then the second time I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, Holy Spirit, where is that thing? And just that quick, a thought popped in my head. Go look in this certain place, which I had never looked in. Open it up. Boom. There it was. And I said, you know, it just cracks me up. Holy Spirit, you care about the little things. The world is going through crisis, but he cares about this little thing I was looking for. He can do that. Amen. He can do that. He can handle that. He can handle the huge thing and the little thing all together at the same time. But all you have to do is ask. So you've got to develop, amen, your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now is a key time in your life to start developing your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't know what's going to take place. I don't know how many of you that are watching the broadcast today, maybe you're, you, you can't go to your job uh, at this time, you're, 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 you're quarantined or whatever's taking place, but I just want you to know, now's the time to seek God. So get your Bible, go to the back of your concordance, look up the word Holy Spirit, and then go through every reference in the Bible about the Holy Spirit and see what God says. That's being hungry, that's challenging yourself, that's looking for something, okay? Take this time, listen to me. Now, you know, I don't want to make anybody mad, but you know, really, I don't even have to look at your face today to see if you're mad at me because there ain't nobody here. But, you know, don't take this next two weeks to just gain weight and lay on the couch. All right? You may be tempted to just lay around and not do anything. But listen, this is the time to start exercising your faith and exercising your body. This is the time to start exercising everything going on in your life and growing spiritually, not growing physically. Amen? Because listen to me, I don't know what's coming, but I just know we're going to walk through it. But I want to be sharp. And I want to know how to do it. I want to know how to do it. I want to know what God is calling us to do. Amen? So I want to encourage you again today, church. Listen to me. Don't get in fear. Don't get in fear. Listen, you can be like, like the guy I was talking about. You can go back and you can watch all of the, the broadcasts. Go back and, and listen to the broadcast that's been going out. Uh, go, on, go on the YouTube channel and, and, and look at them all and, and just watch what's going on. Listen to it. We're going to be broadcasting again live Wednesday night at 7 o'clock so you can get in on the Wednesday's message. But this is a time to be hungry and a time to draw close. 
But I want to pray for everyone out there that's watching the broadcast today, listening to the broadcast today. I want to pray for you. And I want to believe God for a miracle to happen. I want to believe God for a Cornelius experience in your home, for the Holy Spirit to fall upon you right where you are. Because I know that if you're hungry and you ask, God will meet that request. As soon as I get through praying, well, then I, I, I don't exactly know how we're going to do it, but uh, some way or another, the, the, the security team that's out in the parking lot is going to give you some directions about leaving the parking lot, and I'm going to be there, and I'm going to lay hands on your, on your windshield as you, not as you drive by, please stop, don't run over me, okay? But uh, just pull up and stop, don't roll your window down, I'm going to lay hands on your windshield, pray for you, and I'm going to believe God for just the blessing of God upon you. But those of you that aren't here, I want to pray for you right now. So just get your heart open and receive this prayer. Father, right now I pray in Jesus' mighty name for everyone out there listening today to the broadcast, those that are watching the broadcast. Lord, I just thank you right now in Jesus' name that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you just begin to fall upon each and every household. You begin to fall upon each and every person, Lord God, because we are hungry and we are seeking, and we want the power of the Holy Spirit to operate in our lives. Lord, we invite you into our lives. We invite, Holy Spirit, you to come into this church, come into our lives, and to fill this room, to fill this building, to fill these vehicles today, to fill those houses today, and just begin to flood into their houses and their homes. And that, Lord, this day there would be a new experience, a new fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because it is the power of God into our lives. It is the power. He is the power of God in our lives. So Holy Spirit, we want you. We want that relationship with you. So come right now and just begin to flood upon us. Flood upon the houses. Flood upon each and every person out there. Flood upon them. And Lord, just begin to touch them like they've never been touched before by your spirit. And so Lord, this day, I thank you for surrounding us and covering us. I thank you for surrounding us and covering us with your blood, surrounding us and covering us, Lord, with the power of God upon us, surrounding us, Lord God, our families, protecting us from sickness and disease, to letting this, shutting this coronavirus down right now in Jesus' name, erecting walls of protection around our homes, erecting walls of, of, of just, Lord, literally the, the, the power of God around our homes to protect each and every one of us, Lord. And so, Father, I thank you that you're calling us to be empowered so we can be your witnesses and go out into this land. So, Lord, bless them, strengthen them, and pour your blood upon them, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hey, God bless you today. Thank you for everyone tuning in. Remember, we're there for you. If you need anything, you can call us. You can email us at the rrichards at yahoo.com. You can get hold of us. But listen, don't get in fear. Stay true. Call your neighbor if you need something and let us know. And God's going to be with you. God bless you. Amen.